If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We hear about heroes and hero detectives all the time. But our unsung heroes, the ones we never hear about, are our furry friends. The heroes, pet detectives and heroes. And I'm bringing you real live cases today along with an awesome all-star lineup of a panel. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dogs really are a man's best friend. Dogs are our pets and companions. And we love them, even though they often seem unable to do anything more than lie around and run after sticks. You can find all kinds of interesting and incredible stories involving dogs saving humans from disastrous situations. An awesome all-star lineup of a panel, including Jack Hanna. We all know Jack Hanna, the director emeritus, the animal ambassador of the world-famous Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, the host of Jack Hanna's Into the Wild and Wild Countdown. I mean, this guy... I will never forget doing an HLN show and a Larry King show, which I still have photos of, where Jack would bring on animals from his zoo all the way to New York City. And what a time we had. The best shows ever. And as I've always told Jack Hanna, the best witnesses I've ever put on the stand were dogs. Also with me, my longtime friend and colleague, Jane Velez Mitchell, reporter and animal lover. Dory Natal, who has an incredible story of how a dog saved her son. And Shannon Niehaus, also with us, with a dramatic story of a life-saving animal hero. Jack Hanna, welcome to Crime Stories. 
Tell me your thoughts on animal heroes. Why do they go unsung? Well, you know, you know, we're all in the media, and you know, a lot of times the uh, the media likes to talk about negative things with the animals when you know it's just news. People love animals since the beginning of time. Uh, as I tell people, you know, I don't know what the prehistoric wolf looked like and things like that, but as things developed over the thousands, tens of millions of years, whatever, then those animals became, you know, probably the the food source for many, many people, the cave people, or whoever was alive then. And of course, those animals became uh, more the word I use habituated, which means used to people. I mean, look at Diane Fossey. Uh, uh, I knew her. She was a friend of mine, and I have a home in Rwanda right next to Mount Gorillas, where Sue and I have a home there, two miles from where the gorillas live. And you look back at history, uh, where the gorillas were poached. They were hunted for body parts and for food and things like this. Um, so as, as cultures developed throughout the world, way back from, who knows, tens of thousands, millions of years ago, cultures developed. And that's what I tell people. I have a saying real quickly, touch the heart to teach the mind. So when I go into these countries all over the world to film, and not just to film, to talk to them about, you know, taking care of conservation animals, like the birds they might eat too many of or this and that, and you talk to them about their lives first, the people, then you can help the animals. I've always learned this over the years of 45 years of doing this, that I go in and help people first, and then at, in turns helps the development of the animal world. So that's what I do a great deal of. With me is the renowned Jack Hanna the director emeritus of the world-famous Columbus Zoo and Aquarium and host of Jack Hanna's Into the Wild and Wild Countdown, Jane Velez Mitchell. How are I you, will man? never forget. Oh, man, I miss you so much, Jane Velez too. Mitchell. I, I will never too. forget. I, I think it was during Tot Mom, Casey Anthony, we were all down in Orlando, and everyone was going to go out to dinner one night, and we ended up at, what was that place? Um, anyway, it was a steakhouse, and I thought that Jane Velez Mitchell was going to jump out of her skin. She, By the time it was all over, <laughs> I was afraid to even have a bowl of spinach. So, Jane Velez Mitchell, why is this so important well, to you? Well, uh, if we love animals, don't eat them. Don't wear them. Uh, my belief system is that they're not commodities. They're not things for us to use. They're individuals who are entitled to their own lives and that they have so much more in common with us than they have separating us. Uh, the animals that have central nervous systems, that have eyes, hearts, ears, anybody who has a dog knows dogs dream. So do pigs. So we have so much in common with these animals. And the truth is what's killing them, and by killing them, we're killing ourselves with heart disease and cancer and many other diseases. So there's a way now to live, and, and honestly, we can't sustain it, Nancy. Uh, animal agriculture is the leading cause of uh, greenhouse gases more than all transportation combined. It's the leading cause of habitat destruction, and which makes it a leading cause of wildlife extinction. Why? Because we're seven and a half billion people on this planet, but we kill 60 to 70 billion animals that eat a lot of food. So we have to destroy a lot of forests to create cropland to feed 60 to 70 billion animals, many of whom eat a lot more than we do. Jane Velez, tell me about Jane Unchained. Well, thanks. That's your Yes, thank you for asking, Nancy. When I left HLN, uh, they had graciously allowed me to do one animal story a week. I don't know if they knew what they were getting into, <laughs> but I uh, was able to cover many, many stories that normally don't get uh, national coverage. Jane, can I just tell you something? I would pass Jane in the hall, and she'd say, awesome ratings, Nancy. And I'm like, Jane, you got to stop with the plastic bags, okay? We know they're bad. I know they're bad. I don't think they realize that you are getting in a lot more animal stories, and I'm so proud of you. JaneUnchained.com, yes, right? Yes, thank you. And it's a social, it's a digital news network for animal rights, 
We uh, had almost 16 million views on Facebook this past year. We just added it up. Woo! Yeah. So we're growing. Okay, I want you to take a listen, you and Jack Hanna, to a very special guest joining me right now, Dory Natal. I am looking at a photo of you, Dory, and the story that you have to tell is incredible. Thank you. Tell me what happened, Dory. Now, I'm sure Jack Hanna and Jane Velez are not going to be surprised, but I bet our listeners are. Go ahead. Um, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 2. Um, it's an incurable, non-preventable lifetime disease um, where his blood sugar, we have to inject insulin multiple times in the day just to, to keep him alive. Um, without that, we prick a finger every two to three hours. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's just so much so fast. I always say I'm drinking out of a fire hydrant. I can't take it all in. Oh, no. Your baby, your baby boy, mm-hmm. I have a boy and a girl. Jack, can you believe it, Jane? I actually have children, my lifelong mm-hmm. dream, and I'm Woo! miserable because I can just see him walking out the door to college. Oh, no. Little do they know mommy's going back to school. So <laughs> my daughter had to spend the night party, and uh, one of her little friends has diabetes, mm-hmm. and she has a monitor. It went off all during the night, and mm-hmm. I was so afraid I would do something wrong. I kept reading the mom's text message instructions, and, oh, I was so worried. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turned out, it was not, you know, hard to do at all. But it is very, you have to do it. You have to stay on top of it. I did it one night. You yeah. are telling me you give your son injections throughout today just to keep him alive. Yes, that's that's um, the thing that I think a lot of people don't really understand about diabetes is that type 1 diabetes especially is a 24-hour uh, disease. And you, I'm trying to be a pancreas for him. And it's a very hard thing to do. And when he was very little, he couldn't tell me how he felt, if he felt off. Um, so we decided to um, research um, all, the techno- all the technology. We have a monitor. We finger prick. But then we started, we are an animal lover family, and we just started to... Wait a minute, guys. Go online, and you got to look at the picture of what she's talking about. There's her beautiful baby boy. He's asleep with the covers pulled up. There's the diabetes monitor. Mm-hmm. There's stuff sitting on the, like a little pack folded out, a Medi-Pack. Mm-hmm. You see her hand holding the monitor. It has 57 on it, and right beside it, mm-hmm. it's a dog that looks a lot like my little fat boy. <laughs> A little black dog looking up at the picture. And this is on Facebook. Now, uh, go ahead. I'm looking at the picture right now. Tell Mm -hmm. me what happened. Uh, Well, it was a typical night before bed. We always test his blood sugar. We calibrate his monitors. And then we go to sleep. I set several alarms overnight. And there's many things that can wake me up, either my the monitor, my alarm clock, or Jedi. And the amazing thing about Jedi is he's been with us since my son was three is he can sense that's the dog right yes jedi is my son's dog and my son's name is lou oh my stars i get it he's an uh english lab. guys this dog okay yes jane you have to go online we're, we're, we're we've posted this on crimeonline.com mm-hmm. you got to see this dog jane no stealing any more pets okay <laughs> back to jedi go ahead um so we're star wars family so luke loves uh named him jedi and um, he has, as Luke calls him, magic powers. Jedi knows when he's going to drop or go, his blood sugar go high about 20 minutes before the meters. Um, and sometimes the meters take a long time to catch up. But Jedi 
Um, they're still researching the actual chemical, but Jedi can smell the changes in Luke's body. And that mm. night he um, was laying on my feet and his alert at night is to jump off the bed, jump back on the bed until I wake up. And so that night I was asleep. Everything was fine. I had tested his blood sugar like I do every night. And I had an alarm set for midnight but it, or midnight and three, but it was between those alarms. And Jedi jumped up off the, on the bed. It took me a minute to wake up because this is every night. And then he laid on me. And I got up, went to the kitchen like I always do, got his kit, tested him, and he was 57. And um, which means I immediately had to wake him up and give him, have him ingest glucose. What does that mean, 57? What does that mean? Um, it means... Oh, wait a minute. That's what it says right there, 57. Yeah, the typical, uh, we all need glucose in ourselves to keep our bodies going. It's the fuel for our bodies. And typically, most people uh, run between 70 and 120. That's how much glucose they have in the cells. And below 70, it starts to become dangerous. Um, You can have um, a seizure. You can go into a coma. Um, Luke feels miserable when he's low. He says it feels like a stone sinking into the ocean. Um, It's the body shutting down because it doesn't have enough glucose. Stories with Nancy Grace. With me is Dory, who you can see the photo of her little baby, her angel in bed, has type 1 diabetes. You have it for life, and it can cause a death. Your body starts to shut down. I'm looking at this shot of this beautiful angel, and he would not be alive today if it were not for the dog Jedi. And I'm looking at your post and you say, I've already given him a glucose tab. Uh, what else could I do? There was nothing. So in that moment, I'm waiting for his blood sugar to come up like I've done a thousand times and I'll do a thousand times more. And I feel so alone in a world that doesn't understand what someone with type 1 diabetes goes through on a daily basis. And then that moment, I see beside you as this mom is standing there, looking down on her son, wondering what's happening. And there is Jedi right beside the bed. Yes. I mean, I am so moved. If you could see this photo. So tell me again, what did Jedi do to make you get up? You'd already given him his, his, you'd already taken care of your baby. What made the dog, how did he get you awake to get in there? Um, he doesn't stop. He, he gets, he lays on me. He'll nudge me. He'll paw me. Um, he will do whatever it takes to get my attention. We've been working with him for years, and he alerts multiple times a day. So for this particular one, he was not giving up until I woke up. And, you know, we're tired. And so sometimes I looked at the meter and the meter said he was okay. So I didn't immediately jump. But when he didn't give up, I got up. And um, there have been several instances where he's found, he's alerted and Luke's been 30 or 40. And I don't know what the outcome of those would have been. Um, But I know that Luke is healthier and happier and he's here today because 
of Jedi helping me do everything that I need to do 24 hours a day to keep, to keep Luke, you know, happy and here. And, um, Jedi is, is always there for me. Um, it's an extra companion, an extra layer of support to help take care of Luke. And I'm forever indebted to him. To Jack Hanna, director emeritus of the world-famous Columbus Zoo and host of Jack Hanna's Into the Wild and The Wild Countdown, Jack, when a baby boy says, Jedi has superpowers, he has magical powers, how how does it happen? How do they do that? Well, how does a pet do that? Well, you know, listening to what you're saying, getting it together, what everyone is saying so far, real quickly, if you got a second, our daughter Julie, who lives with us, is 42 years old, at the age of two and a half, got one of the worst forms of leukemia you can imagine in the world, 1977. So we rushed her uh, down to St. Jude Hospital at that two-year-old age. We were in Knoxville at that time, by the way, and they told us she would not live 12 hours. So we got her barely there, and, and out of 12 kids on her floor, everyone passed away except she and a little boy. Now, Julie, back to the animals, was used for research. She had radiation in the brain along with another little boy. They were the only two that survived out of the 12 kids. Today, of course, that was one building in 1977. St. Jude has 30 today. So I'm saying that my daughter, Julie, along with the other boy, gave their lives. Julius has had her last brain tumor two years ago. She's 43, lives with us. We continue to have tumors, but thank God so far all of them have been, uh, she lives with us, not that uh, they're cancerous, but uh, she's been just, uh, she survived today. What I'm saying to you, talking about animal world, which you all are doing, if you look up, there's a list, and I don't know where it is, of how many diseases, whether it be measles, chicken pox, go down to about 40 of them, you'll see how the animal world literally saved human beings by research. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for inhumane, I, I don't like animal research. We come to slamming dogs and animals and like that against windshields to test, test cars like they used to do. No, I'll fight that against every, every day. However, when it comes to, to animal research for humane, by the way, I said humane, all right, when my own daughter or other human beings are being used, the animal world literally has saved many of us. And one of the hardest things for me to do is what I have over the last 20 years, I guess it's because I'm not, I don't use the word celebrity, by the way, I never have. I'm an animal ambassador, and I, won't, I don't like the word celebrity. But when people come to me, and a little child, for example, last year was nine years old. I think it was from Indiana. Her sister, she came. She had maybe her, they told us on the phone, and they called the last wish and special wish. The last wishes are, you go to my office, you'll see the pictures of these young people who didn't make it. Their last wish was to see an animal. You won't believe this. They came there um, last year. You could see that she was had, because I've been through all this stuff, when she has no hair and all the treatments with uh, drugs and everything, and she hadn't smiled. All of a sudden, I put a little penguin right there in her lap. And sure enough, she smiled for one of the first times. It's amazing what animals will do. Then I asked the father, uh, let me wipe her hands off. Uh, I have a little sloth I want her to touch. It was born there, our zoo in Columbus. And he said, no, Jack, her hands will be washed very shortly. And he pointed to heaven. You don't think that myself and five of us there didn't lose it? You know, in what you're talking about, the same kind of thing. Animals, for some reason, they have a, they have a way with them. When I've seen these children, there are pictures on my walls, the ones that did not make it. Um, but they had their last thing. I go to the children's hospitals even with some of the animals. You see these children and how they just come out of that pain. And, and uh, I wish I could explain it. You know, I, like I said, I have a saying I live by. It. You have touched the heart to teach the mind. And these kids are, are t- really touching my heart more than I am theirs. And I just, you know, uh, I don't know if that's what they, I, I can answer your question again if you want me to. But I'm just telling you what I have to look at. I don't have to do it at all. But it's something that really shows me in life what the animal world means to, to all of us.
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Speaking of the superpowers of animals, dogs have this unbelievable, cats too, sense of smell. Humans have about 5 million scent receptors. Dogs have up to 3 million, (laughs) depending on the breed. And it's been proven that they can sniff out a chemical change and detect all types of illnesses in humans, including epileptic seizures, certain types of cancer, uh, diabetes changes. And a theory is that our present-day dog ancestors' gray wolf pack survival depended on the ability to know which member of the pack was sick. Uh, Jane Velez, you have reported on so many pet heroes Way in. Yes. Well, first of all, you should pay attention to your dog in your home. There's a great story out of North Carolina about a dog, a Labrador, who would get very agitated when the family's babysitter was around and would try to place himself between the seven-month-old boy and the babysitter and growl, and the parents noted the dog's hair would stand up. So they saw this happening so often, they decided to put a recording device in the home when they left, and they found out that this babysitter was abusing their child, slapping the child and insulting the child. And because they were alerted by the dog, they ultimately had this woman arrested. So when you're a parent or you're just a person, pay attention to your dogs. If you want to know what it's like to be an animal, take a vow of silence for a couple of hours and see what mechanisms you're going to use to communicate. You're going to find yourself tapping and doing a lot of the same maneuvers that dogs can because they can't speak English, but they can communicate. And, um, you know, what I say is it's not just dogs. We have this odd thing in our culture where some animals, oh, we love them, we adore them, we deify them. Others, they're not entitled to any respect and we consider them commodities. Let me just tell you that there's um, tremendous, tremendous intelligence in pigs. In fact, Lulu, a housebroken pot-bellied pig, saved her human companion's life. Um, the a woman was on vacation, Joanne, in Pennsylvania. She collapsed in a heart attack. The pot-bellied pig ran out of the mobile home where they were staying, crashed through the gates. When a car was coming, the pig would lie down on the road. Several cars just veered around the dog. Lulu kept running back to check on her human companion. Finally, she ran out, threw herself on the ground again. A motorcyclist stopped, followed Lulu back to the mobile home, and that's where he encountered uh, Lulu's mom uh, lying there having had a heart attack, and they called 911. So pigs are extremely intelligent animals. They are smarter than dogs, and they have the intelligence of very young human children. So as we expand our circle of compassion beyond the boundaries of our own species, let's not just stop at dogs and cats. Let's consider all animals because guess what? We're all animals, including us humans. You know, Jane Velez Mitchell, have I told you today, I just love you. I loved you from the very first moment that you (laughs) filled in for me as a guest host on CNN's HLN. And that was just it. And to hear you speak and tell your stories, I I just want the world to love you as much as I love you. I just can't imagine that I've got Jack Hanna and Jane Velez Mitchell on at the same time. You know, I've got another lady with me, and I want you guys to hear her incredible story. And again, I'm looking at a picture of her, 
And I've just got to tell you, it just really makes me cry. It's of this lovely blonde lady, and she's wearing tights, black tights and a blue T-shirt. And she's looking down at a little boy who looks like he's reading a iPad. And he's got his head resting on a big dog, like he's a pillow with me right now. And let me just go ahead and destroy your name. I think I'm saying correctly, Shauna Niehaus. No? Yes, you Oh, got my it. goodness, Alan. Let me just rub it in that I, I pronounced it right the first time, unlike some people, <laughs> you, that I won't mention. Shauna, I'm looking at this little boy, and I'm guessing this is your little boy. Yes. What happened? So this the day this picture was taken was the day that we met Tornado, my son's service dog. Uh, that was the first day of our training class. Um um, and we had been fundraising for um, quite a long time uh, to cover the cost of training for a tornado and then also for our family, our family of five traveling to Ohio to the organization that trained tornado for Kai. And there, there's, there's so much. Why does Kai need a service dog? So Kai is autistic. Um, we... When he, when he was younger, we noticed that, that you, there are some elements to uh, having an autistic child that can be really challenging. Uh, and as a parent, it's your responsibility to, um, you know, help them live their most fulfilling life, give them the most access to the world, support them and love them in the best ways that you can. And Kai is a dog person. I'm a dog person. Um and he's always where he would find troubles socially with people or find challenges with people. Uh, those those social interactions uh, didn't come really naturally to him, but he did always gravitate to dogs. So my husband and I debated getting him a pet dog, but we thought, well, if we're going to get him a dog, let's let's get him, you know, something something proper that can be with him. If this is who he he might make a connection to, let's go for it. So we. We, we decided to um, fundraise and have a tornado raised for Kai. Um, <clears throat> so this, the day that, of the picture that you see is the first day that they met um, towards the end of the day after we had traveled across the entire globe through the continental U.S. to get over to Ohio we met Tornado for the first time. Kai was really overwhelmed. He, he, I think we were all overwhelmed along with other families who were other recipient families who had received their dogs that day. And Kai, my husband had to take Kai back to where we were staying and give him a break and kind of bring him, you know, in and out, you know, as, as he could um, manage himself. And then this was sort of at the end of the day, shortly before we were leaving and out of nowhere, Kai came out of the children's playroom grabbed his iPad, and then just came and laid on Tornado. And sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> uh, so it, it, that moment where you see me kind of crying is actually was really like, like an ugly cry, um, uh, was sort of the moment that uh, two years of hope went into that moment. You know, we, we signed on to fundraise, we signed on to to travel, we signed on for all of this hope that Kai might connect with 
um, his service dog and that his service dog tornado would help be that bridge from Kai to bring those connections to the rest of the world, to help give him access to the rest of the world, to help give my husband and I peace of mind when, when, you know, we live in Tokyo and it, and it's exceptionally busy here and the people, the crowds are, are out of this world. And that's overwhelming for anybody, <clears throat> let alone, you know, a child with sensory processing differences. So he's already an American kid in Tokyo, and he is autistic to add yeah. on to it. I'm looking at this photo, yeah. and you say it was worth every fight, every diagnosis, every dollar, every paper filled out, every school meeting, every tear I shed, every step forward, every step back to see what you're seeing right then. And it's, you say, the face of a mother who sees her child, who she cannot hug, wash, dress, snuggle, and touch freely because of his autism, now laying on his service dog of your child's own free will. Stories with Nancy Grace. Listen to this story, guys. This woman, Diane Boucher, was woken up from a deep sleep at 4:30 in the morning by Oreo, her cat. The cat wouldn't stop screaming. Would not stop screaming. She ran out to check on the cat. And you know that sound when you hear your cat or dog make a yeah. crazy, high-pitched, screamy sound. She ran out, and what she found were flames and if it had not been for her cat waking her up Mm. you know she would be dead and her home destroyed there are stories like david cc 14 years old couldn't swim fell out of his dad's boat and within minutes a dolphin called filippo had come to the tourist attraction and saved the boy's life, pushing him up out of the water to safety. I mean, a dog, Brenda Owen, gone out for a walk with her dog. She spotted a wheelchair on a riverbank, sees a woman in the water. She called out. The woman didn't answer. She said to the dog, fetch. The dog jumped straight in that cold river water and pulled the woman to shore. I mean, it goes on. A two-year-old child in Texas walking with his grandmother when Arf, the family's dog, got very agitated so badly. The dog thought, I mean, the grandmother thought, I better take the child inside. The dog's going crazy. The child's mother came out to find Arf in a fight with a 24-inch North American coral snake. And, Jack Hanna, you can tell us about coral snakes. Go ahead. Yeah, well, is a snake, obviously, that can be fatal. It's not a matter of a like a rattlesnake, you know, people talk about rattlesnakes all the time. The good Lord made a rattlesnake because a snake will rattle so you don't step on it. And people say, oh, my God, it's a rattlesnake. Well, be very happy it's a rattlesnake. A coral snake looks like some other kinds of snake, king snake, things like that. But that's um, neurotoxic and hematoxic, as you know, is a, is a rattlesnake, those kind of snakes where it's just a very painful bite and also just rots. Uh, but when it comes to a coral snake, which is pretty rare, the animal has to basically chew. It doesn't have the fangs. And that goes, that's uh, uh, not hematite, it's neurotoxic, which means it goes to the brain and you go to sleep, basically. 
and I'm sorry to say you might just sleep forever. forever. So people get mi- mixed up on snakes. I've filmed snakes all over the world. Um, uh, when people always ask me the question, oh, my gosh, Jack, have you been bitten? You know, I, I don't like that question because, as Jane will agree, if I'm bitten or something by an animal, usually, usually most of the time, it's my fault. It's not the animal's fault. When we film out there for 30 years, I made it clear 30 years ago, you respect, it's called respect for your animal at home. It's respect for the elephants, the lions. Some film crews love to go in there and push it to where the damn gum thing attacks the Jeep and throws it over, and some guy gets bitten. You know, the reality TV, I'm not a big fan of it uh, because it doesn't teach the young people how to go to Africa or India or the North Pole, South Pole, wherever I go. Uh, we, res- we film with respect. Okay, maybe you don't get the best film of something attacking and blood flying every which way. That's their home, not my home. And we always film with respect to these animals. And we've always done it. And the guy, our crew has been together for 23 years. And we all work as a team, as a family. And we look at those wild animals. You, you, your animal at home, you know, you, you respect your animal at home. You don't sit down and, and take a, a dog. My dad taught me that. And you, you put food there in this thing. And all of a sudden, you have a two-year-old or somebody visits you. And they go over and grab the food out of the dog bowl. And Jane will tell you. That could be a fatal bite, not a fatal bite. That could be a, a terrible bite. So kids have to learn about animals. And I know I'm jumping around a lot. My dad used to tell me on the farm I have AT&T or ADT, AD, I don't know what the hell the heck I have. My dad would tell me, I can't remember if it's ADH or AT&T, I call it. ADHD. Okay, whatever it is. Anyway, I jump around a lot, but I just am trying to explain things about animals. And, you know, some dogs have never even bitten anybody, but you can't go up to a dog and just grab the food out of the pot. You know, I learned all these things on the farm, how to, how to respect the animal world. And that's what I try to do when I film and when I talk about the animals, you know. And it's a Columbus Zoological Park. I think Jane knows 98% of our animals today, 98% come from other zoos. I can go collect if I need a, a sperm or an egg or something like that because uh, I think we really are the arcs of the world. We, we weren't that. We were not that, by the way, 20, 30 years ago. But today, um, millions, tens of millions of dollars are spent on to make sure these animals have habitats uh, that are some of the best in the world. And if we can't touch the heart to teach the mind of these people about your dogs or cats or some of these animals, and none of them, when I do my speeches to two and 3,000 people in these theaters, I ask the audience, how many of you ever seen an uh, elephant in Africa? No hands. How many of you ever seen a killer whale? No hands. How many of you seen, I could go through a list of 5,000 animals, and usually sometimes I'll see a dolphin, you'll get some hands up. So what I'm trying to say is, in the zoological world, in the aquarium world, having these animals, now that we know how to, to breed them and have them and have the proper habitats, and then I'll, I'll agree with people way back when they weren't good habitats, uh, but now today we do that because we have to sh- let people see for themselves why they would love an animal to save an animal. You can't love something, you can't save something. In the world, the, the, my wife hates this term, but I'll say it real quick. I have kids and grandkids, but I'll tell you one thing is I travel the world. The main thing we have, everybody, you can do global warming, so everything you want to, it's called overpopulation. I think Jane knows this probably. Overpopulation takes animals' room. It's that, it's that simple. And it's not rocket science, everybody. We can sit here and debate on global warming. You can debate all you want to, water, air, all this stuff. I agree with what you What causes this? The good Lord put the earth here. He told us to do with what predator-prey relationship on our earth. Obviously, with so many people, it's been screwed up. So that's why we have to sit here and, and uh, at least teach people something about other animals throughout the world, you know, and that kind of thing. And hopefully people learn from their dogs and cats. Um, without the animal world, none of us would be here in many different ways. But the animal world has taught me a lot, by the way. When I go out there and study the gorillas or watch them for all, the, all these years and the lions, which are, you know, a real social animal, not like the solitary cats most of them spot. Or you see the, the snakes, for example. You know, these are all creatures on Earth. And 
And if you go out and learn about them and see them, then you respect them. With me today, my awesome friend, Jack Hanna, Director Emeritus, Animal Ambassador of the world-famous Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, host of Jack Hanna's Into the Wild and Wild Countdown, Jane Velez Mitchell, my friend, longtime friend and colleague. You know what, Jane, you're beautiful on the inside and the out. My new friends, Dory Natal and her dramatic story of how Jedi saved her baby's life. And Shauna Niehaus with a dramatic story of her son who is autistic and his new life with his service dog. As I sign off, I want to thank you from my heart for being with us today and so many other days and through the years. Your prayers and support have meant so much to me and my family. It is Christmas Day. And as we celebrate the birth of Christ, I want to thank you for being such a blessing to me. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.